Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this, the Legion of Myth, episode number 132 of the live stream. Today is 7th of October, 2017. So, if you're trying to figure out how come these guys are talking about something so old, now you know why, because this is the actual date. That actually doesn't forgive anything, does it? No. But, uh, we're happy you're here today, everyone. With I'm Alex Garthon Marsh, and with me, as always, is Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer. Hello, everyone. I hope we find you well, no matter when you're watching this. Uh, whether you're watching it when we're actually streaming it or when we're just pretending to stream it, you can watch it anytime you like. That's right. That's right, because that's... We live for your convenience. That is the magical world we live in nowadays. Mm-hmm. Live streams, YouTubes, Twitchers, everything. Living yeah. in the future, baby. That's right. Living Got my underwater city and my flying car right now. Boom. Right there. My 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 automatic uh, sidewalk that walks my dog for me. Ah, <laughs> uh, that just seems like you ever notice that, that was like suspended over nothing? Just that's such a bad idea. Like, what if the dog slows down when he boop? There goes you know, there he goes. That's true. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure they can clone it. I mean, they they did that in a Schwarzenegger movie for crying out loud. Yeah, it's true. I wonder how many cloned kids the cloned Elroy must have gone through. Oh, jeez, that. I mean, he was smart kid and all, but I'm sure he blew himself up a lot. Oh, yeah. He was always doing some sort of crazy experience. Oh, oh yeah. We, like, need another Elroy, you know. Dang it. Yeah. Can you make this one 10% less smart, please? <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I just forgot. Judy wasn't too smart. Yeah, yeah. But she, you know, the, 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 the dumb blondes or you know, the dumb whiteheads, I guess you call them. I don't know. She had white hair. Uh, they live forever because everyone protects them. So... Well, it may be the old thing, you know, God fresh children's and idiots. So that's why she can muddle through without having to worry about it. Yep. Eep, op, orca. But enough about that silliness. Let's talk about this silliness. Uh, Heathen, dog, Heathen Dogma, World of Darkness, Then and Now. Talk, uh, talk about Vampire of the Masquerade, 1st and 4th editions, and also the pre-alpha, the 5th edition. That yes. does sound interesting. It, well, I, I will let you be the judge because I'm going to give an impartial review sure. on the things that I know. Uh, I had a, I remember playing old first edition Vampire when it first came out. That yeah. heck was a, that was a heck of a thing. Um, uh, also in Garthon's comic poll, we have X Men Gold thirteen, Superman thirty two, and Batman thirty two. Batman thirty two is a special one, isn't it? Um, sort of. It is the end of the War of Jokes and Riddles, so I actually put panels in the slide so you can see panels. That's crazy. It is crazy. Nutty cuckoo. And the RNG, we are talking about We Were Here, the video game by Total Mayhem Studios. Yep. That he, the dog, and I did play, uh, but our recording was trash. So That's where we did. So uh, we couldn't use it for streaming or for YouTubes, but we could talk about our experience here. Yes, we can. Recycling the electrons, as one Ooh, would yeah. think. Recycling experiences. Just like Total Recall. Ooh, it's another Total Recall reference. That's another Schwarzenegger movie reference. I know, Schwarzenegger getting a lot of time on this one. That's right. We're talking about Batman. Schwarzenegger wasn't a Batman film. Yes, he was. Well, I don't know if it's actually a Batman film, but it, is. it was in the it title. <laughs> I don't think the Schumacher Batman films count as Batman films. They count, man. Mm. According to DC, they count. No. <laughs> I mean, they don't want to count them, but it's like, ah, oh, we got to count them. Because I know. if we... Because if we don't count them, then then we actually lost property rights or something. I know Marvel doesn't count the uh, the straight to video Fantastic Four film that they didn't mean for it to go to video. Well, if they didn't mean it. Oh, that makes it all better, right? I mean, they you also have to don't tell that count to every abusive husband in the world. Well, they also don't count the uh, David Hasselhoff Nick Fury film. 
I've never even seen that one. Oh, you're missing a treat, my friend. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. all right, but I'll warn you that that's not really a good film, and that's why we have a disclaimer. Uh, the opinions expressed this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. And while we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. And considering that some people are offended by everything, you know what? Yes. Suck it. Was that offensive? Be triggered by that. Ha! You know, bro... That's not PC. All right. <laughs> As always, you can like, subscribe, or comment on our videos. Check us through Twitch, YouTube, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, Discord, Facebook Messenger, or our Steam group. The audio version is available through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, or fine podcast aggregators everywhere. Baldar says, calling that a tree is like saying a bar of chocolates and whipped cream is a cake and not a turd. Spoiler alert, it's a turd. Spoiler alert, the David Hasselhoff Nick Fury movie is actually, believe it or not, not good. <laughs> Surprisingly. He gets drunk and hits on Scarlet Witch like a lot. No, just, I, I don't know. I don't no, know. that doesn't happen. Okay. It would probably make it a better movie. It would have made it better. <laughs> See Nick Fury crawling on the floor, I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> Sorry. Ah... Uh, if you want to support Legion of Myth, you can through a Twitch stream subscription through patreon.com slash Legion of Myth, a Streamlabs donation directly through PayPal, or you could get our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com. And as you can see the lovely Garth on a heathen dog on your screen, we are wearing... Well, we can't. Yeah, we can. I can. I can. Oh. I'm wearing my shirt right oh. now. It's beautiful. Hey, I, I'm wearing my wife's old road commission shirt for Oakland County, Michigan. But, you know, that's me. Do, do we need to rep them? You could have, like, lied and said it was a reference to a role-playing game you were in. Yeah, the Road okay. Commission. We were yeah, a hardcore yeah, punk road, rock road band. Commission. It's, a, it's, it's a Mad Max offshoot. There you go. Car yeah, Wars. A, Car Wars. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Mad Max mod for for Car Wars. For Steve Jackson's and Car Wars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What what you are is uh you you know the the uh, police organization that Mad Max quit or something when his family was killed. Yeah, yeah. It's, that the, it's the rest of those guys. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See, there we go. We saved it. Yeah. I mean, totally Mad Max go killing folk, but we're just keep on keeping on. And when the pe all those psychos go and they're like blowing up roads and stuff, someone has to fix that road. Exactly, and that's where we come in. That's right. We're heroes, unsung in every way. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Now that we now that we have that firmly planted in your mind, that in the post-apocalyptic world, where the world is deserts and freeways, someone still has to maintain the roads. We now talk about Heathen Dog's World of Darkness then and now. Comparisons of first and fourth edition world and rules. Thank you very much, Garthon. So, what I did was I took out my old. My old vampire first edition book. I missed that, that book. I, yeah, that I've had since '92. I, I lost mine shortly after high school. I oh, gave it away to someone. I wish I'd kept it. And I I downloaded the the new well not yeah it's 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 the newest iteration of of uh, 20th anniversary which which they're now calling fourth edition. And I read I read them both again to to let you know exactly what's the same, what's different, and spoiler alert, 
it's pretty much all the same. So let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's just go on to uh, to my, my next slide here. Let's look at some of the particulars. Uh, the publication date for the first edition is uh, 1991. Fourth edition 2011 because 20 years. Duh, 20th anniversary edition. Gosh, uh, the was designers. It really... Wow, yeah. I guess it was not. No, they're, they're coming up. They're 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 trying to rush the the uh, 25th. Yeah, right don't, now don't do that yeah. but uh the, the designers the, the main designer was was uh mark rain rain hagen or hagen or hagen i just say hagen like hagen does it looks like hagen does yeah for for the fourth edition it was a, it was a true collaboration uh justin uh, achille russell bailey matthew mcfarlane and eddie webb oh they're good now oh yeah we've heard of them yeah, I know. now yeah, uh, I know. if we go to our next slide you can see the price difference first edition now see, I, I did pdfs only because obviously the first edition is out of print, so it's going to vary widely depending on what. Well, how much did it cost when it was in print? You know what? Let's see if I still have a. It should be on the back of the book, shouldn't it? Uh, I recall it was not no. a cheap book. No, it was not a cheap book, but. But it's not like I think it was like thirty or forty bucks. But yeah. nowadays, I could. Oh, that's edition, like fifty, sixty. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Nope, it doesn't. It doesn't say. All right, no problem. I must have taken off the sticker. I was a big thing for taking off the stickers back then. Well, it's anyway. good to take them off. Yeah. Anyway, so I decided to go PDFs from the same website so you can see the exact price difference. Now, first edition, you get the PDF for $15. Fourth edition, you get the PDF for 30 bucks. Now, is it worth it? Well, if you have no books of Vampire and you want to get in, getting the fourth edition is a good idea. Get the fourth edition book because it has... Uh, while it is bigger and does cost more, it has information from more than just the first edition main book. It has information from a lot of the other source books. There's some stuff from second edition that they folded into the fourth edition. But really, fourth edition is 90% first edition with some sprinkles of second edition put in there. That's it. So if you have a lot of first edition books, don't, don't get the fourth edition book. Just use your first edition book and 90% of the time you're going to be right. Fair enough. Yeah. But is it the extra content worth it? Not at all? Well, if you don't have your own books, yeah. Yeah, the extra content's great. It's, it's actually content from uh, – it's a patchwork content from four or five different books. Hmm. All put into one. So if you're getting into the game, that's the one to buy. Yeah, that makes sense. If you've already been in the game, want to get back in the game, don't, don't buy this. You know, All your other books are still good, especially if you also have some second edition books. If you have some second edition books and first edition books, you have 100% of this book. 100% of the fourth edition book, you have it. Just use second edition. That's well, I do exactly know what there's... it is. Well, I'll let you get into it. Yeah, anyway. Uh, the one thing they do have, and the one thing they have completely in common is the backstory. Okay. And it's it's now, what you see on the screen now is the Book of Nod. It's a first edition book uh, filled with, uh, it's, it's kind of like the, I wouldn't say Vampire Bible, but it's the it's the story of Cain rather than the story of Jesus, right? And I got it. Right, that's, right. That's that's me. I actually scanned that. That's from this book right here. Oh wow, yeah. And uh, it's it's written very much in a in a very uh, parable Bible Bible format. Yeah, trying to right? like so, mimic that style. Yeah, yeah. They're they're trying to mimic the style for for role play aesthetics. I get it. You know, it just makes it harder to read. That's all. But. It's it's got flair. It's got flair. Anyway, it it has style, but the substance is hard to get to because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like a reading Shakespeare. You have to learn how to do it to really get it. You know, it takes practice. It's 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 the same kind of style of writing. Anyway, 
it, it all starts with Cain and Abel. Now, uh, according to the Book of Nod, the the, the story of Cain, uh, the, their their father Adam said that uh, I built this altar to the one above, and I want you to give the uh, give uh, uh, sacrifice to the one above of the first thing of your heart, and then he and then he will find favor with it. And Abel's like, okay, cool, I'll do that. And uh, so Abel was a was a, a, a farmer that that uh, tended livestock. He he was he was big in the livestock thing. Everyone needed meat, and he was the guy. He he was he was the go-to guy. So he he brought his youngest uh, youngest animal, sacrificed it on the altar, burned it, and its blood smelled sweet. And God was pleased. Well, Cain was a was a straight up farmer farmer he grew plants and vegetables and and fruits and whatnot so he he brought his his uh, his youngest shoots and and his sweetest berries and he put them on the fire and he burned them and his father said god is not pleased you you suck uh try again next time it's like what that's that's messed up yeah it's like what what that's the best I, I got yeah so the the next year came around and uh and abel did the same thing because god liked it before might as well try it again right so he, he brought his youngest strongest uh, animal and and uh, slaughtered it and burned it and god was pleased and uh cain brought nothing abel's like dude you're supposed to bring a sacrifice for the one above you didn't bring anything he said i didn't have to bring it you brought it what he threw his brother on the altar sacrificed him burned his body to the one above because he figured he failed last time for two reasons. One, his sacrifice had no blood because Abel's sacrifice had blood and it was favored. And two, it wasn't really the the first of his heart, which is his brother. He loves his brother more than anything else. Fair enough. So Messed up, but fair enough. Yeah, he sacrificed his brother. Sounds perfect. It wasn't even murder. It was trying to do what God, what he thought God wanted and his dad. He thought his dad wanted him to do that too. He was being a good son and a, and a, and a faithful believer as he knew it. Crazy mixed up way, yeah. Yeah. His dad said, oh, no, you suck, dude. You, you're cursed forever. Get out. And he banished him to the land of Nod. Now, the land of Nod was uh, generally described as uh, the untamed world. Like, the whole world existed. Uh, uh, Adam and Eve were kicked out of Eden, which was then anything outside of Eden was the land of Nod. And then after Adam and Eve tamed that area... It was now the world, and everything outside the area they tamed was now the land of Nod. So he was cast out in the land that was untamed. Yeah, it's like how I call anything outside of my city limits the land of Nod. There you go. Yeah, it's untamed, vast wilderness that would rather kill you than look at you. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Now, he wandered forever. Like, ever. And then he, he found, he, he just started crying and weeping because and, he was all very sad. And an angel came to him and said, listen, Abel forgives you. If you repent your sin, God will God will forgive you as well. He's like, no, I'm not going to repent. I did what I thought was right. It's what he wanted. And so the angel cursed him to to uh, this was Gabriel to to fear fire irrationally for the rest of your days. And then the next night, another angel came to him and he said, "Listen, Abel forgives you. God is super forgiving, right? All you got to do is repent, and everything will be fine." He says, no, "I'm not going to repent." I did the right thing. I did what my dad wanted me to do. I did what God wanted me to do. I don't see what the freaking problem is. And so this angel cursed him to uh, to drink of only blood, uh, have 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 unnatural children that that will always always betray each other and cause death and destruction wherever they go. 
He's like, dude, you guys are harsh. And then the third night comes along, and the last angel comes, Uriel, I believe it was, and says, listen, Abel forgives you. God wants to forgive you. He's like throwing you a super bone here, right? So just repent, say you're sorry, and this can all be over. And by now, Cain is really pissed off at angels, right? One would think. Yeah, he actually, the last one, I'm going to read what he, what, he, what, he, what he said to this Yahoo. He said, yo, get to stepping. Uh, cursed are you, Cain, blah, blah, blah. Temptation of Cain, here we go. You drink only blood, eat only ashes, blah, blah, blah. Not, not that one. Oh, yeah, this one's the sunlight. The last yeah, one's yeah, the sunlight. Yeah, he said, uh, not by God's mercy, but my own will I live. I am what I am. I did what I did, and that will never change. Now he's resigned that his dad is a D-bag. God is a D-bag. Screw y'all. I'll do my own thing. Because no one's actually taken the time to explain to him why it was wrong. They're just saying, it was wrong. Say you're sorry. Well, why? Like, that's exactly what you, you wanted me to do. No one's explained that to him. As the rules as I knew it, I did everything right. Exactly. But now it says, you will uh, you will always appear now as, uh, as you are, never dying, living on. You will walk forever in darkness. All you touch will crumble to nothing until the last days of the earth. Sucks. So, so then the, at that moment, the sun came up and he found a hole and he hid there. Now, he did that for a very, very, very long time. And he finally came out of the hole. And he saw that the, the, the children of his youngest brother yet born, Seth, now littered the earth like everywhere. You know, he, he, he laid for he laid dormant in, in, in Torpor for thousands of years. And uh, and he found out that he could change the children of Seth into uh, children of Cain him, himself, also vampires. And he did that. And uh, he and his children ruled over humans in this great in this great city that that that, that is lost in time the name of it uh, just called the first city yeah it's a pretty good gig for him then i guess yeah yeah and uh and uh you know his 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 children said okay now he said to his children now uh making children of your own you have you need my permission and then we'll see what happens and if i say if i if i give you the the thumbs up then you go ahead and do it and they're like okay great and they made children all got permission and the, but his children's children started getting all greedy wanting more children so they made some without permission and then it all started to go pear-shaped at that point because because of the curse of one of the angels saying that your children will always betray each other yeah and so it started happening and Cain started started to see evidence in the in portents in the sky of a coming flood he didn't tell anyone He's like, hey, well, I'll get rid of you suckers. And then the flood came, and washed washed all of his all of his uh, grandchildren and 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 lower away and killed them and most of them most of the men, and he he and his children uh, fled and hid, and then came back uh, when when Noah's descendants were plentiful, and they tried to make the, the, another city, a second city where. You know, vampires ruled over humans. Now, uh, it wasn't it wasn't tyrannical at first because Cain did not hate the children of Seth. He didn't hate them. He didn't begrudge them anything. It wasn't their fault. Yeah, it was Adam's fault and God's fault in his eyes. So these guys are all right. They're they're not they're not tainted at all. They're cool. They're cool. Treat them nice. Everything will be cool. Well, again, vampires can't do that because of the angel's curse. So they they 
everything they touch turns to crap. So after an untold amount of time, uh, assuming a very, very long time, the city began to, to decay before anyone knew it. And it turned into a giant cesspool of garbage where all, all, it's, all it had was suffering and awfulness. So Cain put a kibosh on all that and he left. He's like, screw it, I'm gone. And he left and no one knows where. And his grandchildren rose up against his children and slew them. Because heck with them. Yeah, exactly. Because that—that's what the curse does, you know. So, so you know. And that happened, and then the the city fell apart because of just degradation and time, and all of the children of Cain, the the grandchildren of Cain, spread across the earth to spread themselves around, and make their own little fiefdoms all around the world, and that—that that was how it began. All right. Then you go through vampires through history. Well, the vampires uh, learned learned some hard lessons with the first and second city. Okay, num number one, uh, ruling over humans for some reason doesn't work out. It takes a lot of work, honestly. Yeah, it takes a lot of work, and both times we tried it, it ended in horrible, horrible misery. So, yeah. And the second lesson was, you know what? We need protection from each other because apparently if we group together in in, in uh, groups of five or more, we, we start trying to kill each other for some reason. So they, they decided to make their own little society with its own rules, uh, how to behave, and anyone who breaks these rules, everyone agrees to gang up on this dude and kill him. You know, fear of mutually assured destruction will keep everyone from breaking the rules. And Well, that's really and, how uh, all laws are put into place. Yeah, there you go. Now, uh, this, this also made hunting a little more difficult because now there's all these rules. You can't just take a, take a, a, a human off the street and, and drain him like a, like a blood bag and throw him in the gutter like you used to be able to. Yeah, the now, good old days. Yeah, exactly. The good old days when we used to be. No, can't, can't do that anymore because now you don't, you don't live in a, as a ruling class. You live in the shadows. You live behind the scenes, and that draws attention. So they learn throughout the years to, to do it differently. To, uh, to dominate humans or to make them forget that they've fed on and don't don't kill as much and stuff like that and and uh, that that with that was born the masquerade the masquerade is the is the idea that vampires don't exist if humans don't think we exist think we're myths children's stories they're not going to actively look for us which makes it easier to hide if no one's looking for you hiding's pretty easy if everyone thinks that you're really just a, a sparkle goth, then no, it's easy to hide in there, you know. Yep, there you you're go. You're not dangerous. Nope. You're misunderstood. Well, you're, uh, all dads think you're dangerous, but all, all teenage girls think you're oh, so awesome. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that, 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 that created the, the uh, Camarilla, which is, the, which is basically the vampire government, and the, and the Masquerade, which is the, the uh, tenets that this government uh, adheres to and makes all vampires adhere to to keep them safe from mortals going nutty and killing them again. And if they don't, they kill them. Exactly. There's always another vampire. Yeah. There's going, you can always make another one. You can literally make another one just like him. So, or really similar. Yeah, really similar. And then that brings us to current day vampires. All right. Now, current day vampires are, they're, they're in a downward spiral. Now, it's, it's the humans that, that really changed the game in this one because uh, vampires started emulating human politics, which sucks. All right, so so now these vampires with their little curse problem, now they have modern world problems, which is really crappy politics. So they, they have a tendency to turn on each other and a propensity to use human political logic on things, which never works out. Now, humans became a superpower in the world 
from from sheer use of technology and just volume, just numbers. They're everywhere. That helps, really. So, yeah, exactly. So so the idea that vampires could rise up and now dominate man, like in the old days of the first and second city, are long gone. There's way too many of them. Way too many. And you say, well, just get more vampires and then you'll be able to do it. No, because the everyone's afraid of every vampire that they make because of the curse. Yep. They always turn on you. So if, if you make 100, 100 vampires and you're like, you're not my army, the army's going to inevitably turn on you and they know that. Well, isn't also like past the 13th generation, they're like powerless anyway? Uh, I'm going to get to that part. Don't, don't spoil it. Well, I thought that was part of it. Spoil it. Spoiler. All right. So they had to adapt. They, they, they adapted to mortal society. Uh, they, they sometimes pass as mortals. Uh, they learn how to do that. They learn how to fit into to, uh, to mortal politics and mortal society to make sure that they had power over this vast resource. Now, they, they, they see humans as 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 a resource with animal intelligence left to their own devices they'll probably stampede each other to death so uh most most vampires in in any major city around the world are the real powers behind the people they they they, they control the the local governments uh you know to to, to make sure everything flows as, as well as possible as well can be expected you know but because of their curse, they're not great at it, which is why there is no utopian society run by people who've been around for a thousand years and know better. They should know better, but they can't because they're fundamentally flawed and cursed by God. Well, also, they would have a whole different perception of what a good society or timelines are. Yes. You know, it's yes. like, oh, yeah, we'll take care of that. It'll be about 200 years. And I was like, what? No, no, we have like 10. What? That's, that's too soon. Well, then my plan doesn't work. <laughs> You know, like that. Yeah, exactly. Now, look, I sent back the memo. That memo was 30 years old. I was busy. <laughs> For like 30 years? Yeah, man. I time. was sleepy. Anyway, here here we are now to uh, to the, the fourth edition timeline is the beginning of the time of, of Thin Blood. Now, uh, in, in first edition, the, this this whole time of Thin Blood and, and, the, and the time of judgment came not even in that edition. It came in second edition. Right and ended in second edition. Well, it was but, talked about in first edition. Yeah, it was talked about in first edition, but actually made into books that had the stories in second edition. Now, like I said, fourth edition is first edition with some sprinkles of second. This is some of your sprinkling of second. Uh, it it talk, talks about the time of thin blood. Now, there's a prophecy from a long time ago. Lost whoever whoever actually wrote it or wrote it down, whatever is lost to antiquity in reality. But uh, the time of thin blood is marked. When when vampire when when new vampires so far removed from Cain in in uh, in generation wise like I am Cain's great 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 grandsire or grandchild when it gets that far away they cannot make any more vampires the 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 Cain's blood is too thin in them and that Fair is enough. one of the first signs of the apocalypse and so that's starting to happen. In the in in the fourth edition source book, like it's be it's it's you're you're ticking down at that point, and then after that comes the time of judgment when when God judges uh judges the the vampires for what they have done uh, since, since creation, and we'll see how that goes. I don't think it would go well. Just no, just saying, it doesn't go well because I have that book because <laughs> I have that second edition book. Well, how is there a book right after now, that? It's not going to go well. There is no book after that. Would it be like God judges them? All the vampires are dead. Next. Yay! Yay! Great. Yay. But the, the the thing that World of Darkness did that they wanted to reboot everything. Okay, so 
So it wasn't just yeah, that worked out really Jack. weird when they did. Yeah, that. Yeah, it did not work well uh, because v- Vampire Requiem, the the third edition, was yeah. universally panned as well, crap. That's because it was crap. Yeah, it was it was just garbage. So they you know, also that screwed up Mage. They yeah. screwed up Werewolf. They screwed up Fair. Yep. They screwed up everything. They screwed up everything. So they had to they had to revamp it with the fourth edition. <laughs> vamp. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you see what I did there? <laughs> they, they had to revamp. Had to put yeah. the vamp back in it. Exactly. So yeah, they, they they did the time of judgment over all platforms. You know, they did it over Vampire, Werewolf, Mage, Changeling, uh, Demon, uh, Mummy, the Wraith, the whole the whole Wraith, the whole series. It. They brought it all to an end. They put a little bow on all of it. You know, and and I, I assume that if they kept going with fourth edition, they would have done that as well. So yeah, on that. Now we're gonna look at uh, some of the rules. We're we're gonna compare the the rules from first edition and then from fourth edition. Now D10s in both. All, all right. right. D, uh, you go on D10s and your base target number is six. All right. And you're saying, well, doesn't that mean everything's coin flip? Yes and no. I'm gonna get to the rule in one later. All right. All right, now, uh, nature and demeanor, which I never really liked in Vampire, is is in is in 4th edition as well. I the, liked it, but it needed okay, more to it. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. I, I didn't think it was it was, it was a powerful enough mechanic to justify having, really. Fair enough, yeah. But I get it, and here's how it worked. Uh, it's under the idea that everyone is one way, and sometimes you pretend to be something else. Like, uh, like you're, you're really very caring, but in the, in the group you're in, that's going to be seen as weakness, so you pretend to be tough. One is your nature, one is your demeanor. Right, kind of like the old man who growls at all the kids in the neighborhood, but really secretly takes care of stray dogs and gives to charity exactly. every day. And... Exactly, stuff like that. Now, if you follow your nature, you, you get you get your uh, usable willpower back, which which means you know you you get your you know me- mental fortitude re- replenished. But people can find out who you really are by your actions and so it's a double-edged deal you have to do it on the covert on the on the qt to to try and keep yourself in in some kind of safety from people not knowing you okay fine whatever i didn't like the mechanic but it's there now there's the attributes and abilities again exactly the same in first edition and fourth edition, exactly the same you have your uh, physical uh, mental and social stats your physical stats are strength, dexterity, and stamina. Your uh, your social stats are uh, charisma, manipulation, and I'm blanking. Luckily, I have a character sheet. I don't have to care because I have character sheet. So just looking. No, that's no, paranoia. That's paranoia. Uh, appearance, and then your yeah. mental stats, which are perception, intelligence, and wits. Now, all all of these, uh, you you get the same amount of of character points in the beginning in first and fourth edition to do all these stats. I swear what, to God. What the, an amazing upgrade. I know, right? The the, the character sheets are 99% identical. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if you let someone look at each character sheet for three seconds and say, tell me the difference, no one will be able to. <laughs> They're not going to catch those two things. All right. And then then you have your your advantages. Uh, with, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, your, your, your abilities are talent, skills, and knowledge. They're, these are your skills and talents that, that couple with your, with your attributes to, to give you your dice pool to roll for successes. And your advantages are disciplines, virtues, and your, and your backgrounds. And they are all but exactly the same in first and fourth edition. Uh, fourth edition has, has an extra little, little, uh, uh, extra little, little mechanic for willpower and humanity, but 
it's it's not it's not a significant change not i mean you could easily not use it and it's not going to wreck the game it's 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 more or less an optional an optional rule which i which is why i didn't get into it now the rule of one uh both systems have the rule of one the rule of one is that if you roll a one not only is that an automatic failure it also takes away a success you already have from another that rule sucks Everyone hates that rule. But I mean, it. I hate it, but mechanically, I understand it. Yes, that 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 is why this this target number six on a D10 is not a coin flip. Because a one will take away success, and oh, but he said, but that means it's it's worse than fifty fifty. You only have like a forty percent chance to get a success. It's like, well, yeah, but there's also the rule of one comes with the rule of ten, which is a ten in first edition when you rolled a ten. You roll that 10, it's considered a success, and you roll it again. Mm -hmm. If you also succeed on the next roll, it gets added in. If you roll another 10, woo, lucky day for you, roll it again. See if you get another success. Yeah. In fourth edition, they got rid of that. Boo. No, 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 no. They, they, they got rid of that interpretation of the rule of 10. You still have the rule of 10, but when you roll a 10, you don't roll again. You just count that success as two. But there's the problem. Now we're back to the coin flip. And if honestly, a one, if, I, I, if a one is considered two failures and a 10 is considered two successes, eh, then you're back to yeah, those true. not meaning anything. But also with rolling the 10, if you roll another 10, you, you keep going. How many times have you actually seen someone roll a 10 three times or four times? I have row? not. I have not. But that's only if your target, well, if your target number is 10, I wouldn't even try you got to roll right. the 10. You're lucky. No, but I mean, but if you just normal yeah. target number, they roll, oh, I got a 10. I got another 10. Another 10. Yeah. Wow, I'm so great. That that almost never happens except when one of my cavalrymen is, is fighting some flying demon creature. Yeah. Almost never happens. Now, uh, having a target number of 10, is, you may as well just not, yeah, not just give up. do that. Just give yeah. up. Because you're, you have exactly the, the, the same... Uh, success rate as failure rate and you're you're and theoretically you will net zero successes every time there's no point in rolling that that's true now in uh in fourth edition there, there's there's some powers that make that still still viable but i'm going to get to that when i get in the powers now the story uh the the uh, camarilla same deal first and fourth edition sabbat uh, or Sabat, whatever you want to call them, they're they're the same deal in both. The, the Camarilla is, like I said before, the the the, the shadow uh, uh, worldwide government. worldwide vampire government, and the Sabat is the is the offshoot, you know, rogue nation type yeah, type deal. Oh, we don't want to follow you, screw you, you know, stuff like that. Now the Masquerade so is the same. We're against your silly rules and your stupid ceremony. We have our own yes. rules and ceremony. <laughs> exactly, we have our own stupid rules and silly ceremonies. They're That's better. Exactly what it is. Yeah, they just think they're better. Yeah. They're not. Now they they still have the masquerade. Uh, in uh, in both first and fourth edition, the masquerade is important, much more important than in other World of Darkness things like werewolf and especially mage, because uh, in the World of Darkness there's something called the veil. The, the 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 veil is is the the mystical drape that that separates the supernatural world from the view of the non supernatural mortal people. You know they just la 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 la. I don't see it. Now, vampires, because they're, they're so entrenched in the DNA of humans, I mean, they ruled them for thousands of years in the past, and now they're steeped in all the cultures of the world. So the veil is very thin for them. They will actually say, oh my god, is that a vampire? Whereas 
if someone sees a werewolf, more often than not, they'll just go insane for five minutes, wander around, and forget they ever saw it. It's like, oh, I saw some crazy rabid dog back there. It was freaking me it, out. It was freaking me out, man. It was crazy. And if mages actually do true magic in front of a mortal, the mage can get spanked and and like get killed for doing that. The, the yeah, reality smacks the mage, not the yeah, other Yeah, reality guy. smacks the mage, and, and if you're lucky, just wipes the memory of the human. Like, oh, didn't do nothing. Da, 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 That's a crazy VR away. display. Yeah, so they, they don't they don't get that veil protection like the other supernatural creatures do, so they have to be careful. So that's why the masquerade is so important. Now, all the vampire powers and weaknesses are exactly the same. Uh, they have the blood pool. They, they, they can spend blood to make themselves stronger. They can spl- spend blood to heal. They have disciplines, which are, which are all exactly the same. Uh, the psychology of a vampire is, is the same in first and fourth edition. Uh, every vampire has has an animal within them, a predator, that ha- that has to be kept in check. Now, th- this is the whole idea of Vampire the Masquerade. It's the it's the it's the struggle between the man and the monster that's always inside you that is never fully satiated, is always threatening to take control at any moment, but inevitably will. Yes, it's just you're you are you're postponing the inevitable. So this this game really pulled in the 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 uh, live action role players and the and the weak willed goth kids, you know, as as the this this is my escape to reality because because the world doesn't understand me and it sucks. So you have to deal with a lot of those guys if you want to play this game, unless you pick and choose your game group very very carefully. Now, let's get into some of those powers. Let's do that. All right. Now, I, I chose the powers that, that are most uh, uh, memorable as vampires having, you know, in, in modern culture and fairy tales. The first one is presence. Presence is, uh, is uh, emotional man- manipulation. Uh, a vampire walks in the room and humans are like, whoa. When he's angry, they're like, oh, God, it's a nightmare <laughs> come real. You know, th- this, this is the power to manipulate the emotions of of mortals and other, if you're strong enough, other vampires as well. To uh, not control their minds, but sway their opinion one way or the other. Which is really great if you wanna if you wanna uh, do it the old-fashioned way, like like talk someone into a, a course of action that you want them to do. If you use presence, you're not invading their brain. You're you're not leaving scar tissue in their noggins. Uh, you're just making it easier to impress upon them that you're right and they're wrong. Right. Right. And then there's celerity, which is fast moving, super super fast moving vampires. Now it's not it's not like glitter vampire fast movement, but it is it is a greater greater than human uh, human movement. Now, in first edition, uh, for every for every dot in celerity, you get to add a dot in almost every dex roll that you have. So you're naturally faster and more nimble and more athletic and agile all the time. And if you spend if you spend uh, a blood point for every dot and celerity you want to activate, you can get that many extra turns for the entire scene. And, and a scene is ju- ju- just like in a movie, a scene is uh, a whole, a whole conflict, a whole uh, uh, part of a story that where, where, where the camera doesn't, doesn't cut away for, uh, for a, to a different topic. You know, it's, it's, it could be a long time, like an entire fight. You're, you're going like depending on how many celerity points you have and how much blood you spent like three four times per turn with with full dice pools every time now in fourth edition they changed that oh all right 
fourth edition yes you still have the the automatic you know plus plus celerity plus dex equals your new decks unless you you activate the celerity with blood now you use one blood point per turn it will activate all your celerity for that turn but every point of celerity you use for an extra turn is one point you cannot use for your auto dex dice oh so you have to choose now some some would think that oh well before if i had three celerity i had to spend three blood to get all to get to get the bonus three actions well here i only had to spend one blood to get bonus three actions well yeah but you got to spend that blood every time your initiative comes around to keep it active if you're in a protracted fight it can get cost prohibitive pretty quick really quick yes and for every extra action you get you have to take down your ability to hit people which is those those extra dice in in any doesn't really help you yeah so fourth edition made actually made celerity weaker yeah sounds like it yeah. Uh, in the chat, uh, Duncan kind of said that rolling consecutive tens is calculated as rolling p uh, times x equals one tenth. Of... Okay, stop, stop. You know what? Um, I knew he was going to do that. Math is cool. Yes. Uh, now ev- everyone thinks that. Oh yeah. If if I have if I have ten dice and uh, I my target number is ten, odds are I'm going to roll one success. No, that's nope. not how probability works. It works like Duncan Idaho says. Yep. But. Rather than teach you probability mathematics, which I'm not going to, we'll just say yes, fine. Well, also, if you're rolling, no. the more dice you roll, the more likely you are to have an average result. Yes, uh, and the more likely you, are, likely you are to also roll a 1. Now, remember, if your target number is 10, you have the equal likelihood of rolling a 10 as you do a 1, which means you have an equal likelihood of having no successes. Right. Yeah, so, like I said, if you have a target number 10, walk away, don't do it. I also now, mentioned how uh, one time I actually rolled four twenties in a row. And you were there for it with Garthon. Yes, well, of course, with Garthon. <laughs> okay, moving on. Protein. Now, this this one's cool because uh, this this is your fabled vampire power. Did you say protein? Wolf. Protein. I... Yeah, protein. protein. Yeah. Protein. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the fabled vampire power of turning to wolf or turning into mist or stuff like that. At the lower levels, you can see in complete darkness and have and have uh, claws that, that do magical damage. It is a pretty it's, cool it's ability. Great. Yeah, I mean, having having uh, to get the claws, you need rank two in it. That, that's all That's all any vampire really needs, unless you want to get all theatrical and turn to a wolf or a mist or whatever. That's like three and four or five and crap. But, you know, no one ever really wants to do that. Yeah. Unless you're a LARPer, then, then you do. Well, yeah, yeah. And then we come to potence, which is the super vampire strength, which everyone really loves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, both in in first and and fourth edition, uh, just like celerity, every dot you have in potence adds to a dot of one to one to your strength. So if you have if you have average strength, which is two, and you have four dots in potence, you now have six strength, which is greater than yeah. human strength. You you look like well me, but you 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 can lift a, a Harley above your head, like me, like yeah, like you. <laughs> <laughs> now in fourth edition. They really overpowered potence. I mean, they took away from celerity, huh. and whatever they took away from celerity, they added to potence. Because uh, in fourth edition, if you spend one blood point, every dot in your potence, when used in a strength roll, is an auto success. That's nice. That makes the rule of one irrelevant because uh, the rule of one 
does not pertain to successes that are not rolled. You cannot take away an auto success because it wasn't rolled. That's true. So if you have four potents and you're rolling damage, which is strength plus whatever damage your weapon is, I'll say it's your fist. So it's just strength plus no, just strength. Yeah. So you uh, you're uh, you're me with the two with the two strength and the and the and the four po and the four potents, which is six damage, which is six dice, and uh, I activate a blood point. Four of those dice are auto successes, and then I roll two. I don't get successes. Oh well, I have four. You take four damage from my weakling little punch. If you're a human being, I probably cracked your spine. Yay. That's good for you. It's bad for whoever you punch. Yeah, it's bad for whoever you punch. And and God forbid you used your blood points and picked up that Harley and hit him with the Harley because that's strength plus 10 <laughs> dice. So you get the four auto successes and then you get, yay, six more dice. Ooh. Oh, six, six plus two is like eight more dice. Yay. And you probably get a couple more successes in there, which means I'm going to turn you into Chunky Salsa. So Potence is really overpowered in this one. So if you're playing fourth edition, get that Potence stuff. Yeah, it's get quite it the potent ability. Exactly. ha, 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 ha. Okay, now we are now at our uh, our pre-alpha. Now, I want to I want to just to reiterate, pre-alpha doesn't exist. All right, it's basically a stream of consciousness someone wrote down and put bullet points on it. It's not the game. All of these things I'm going to say have a greater than not chance of not being in the final game. All right, but this is how it is now. This is interviews from people. Who, who were at the convention in Berlin when, when the, when the playtest was debuted. This is uh, from, from people who've written reviews who, who, have, who have read the playtest rules. Okay, so this, this is legit. This is not rumor. This is what White Wolf has given to people. All right? I hate so all get, of it. Yeah, let's get to it. You only have three attributes now. You have physical, social, and mental. One to five dots in each of those. All of the sub-attributes, like, say, strength, dex, or stamina, are specialties. You get to choose one that you're better at. So let's say you have a physical attribute of two, but you specialize in dex. You have a three in dex. There you go. I'm That's saving it. my bile to the end. No, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving a, a straight-up unemotional deal here. Now, I know you are. I know you are. Yes. But emotionally, that's crap. Uh, I mean, I, there is a tendency right now to try and simplify complex systems in role-playing games, which is yes. fine. But there comes a point where you become in love with simplification and you make a system stupid. Why not just ever just say what do you think you're good at and have one stat? That's all you have, one stat, and then you only roll one die for anything, and that one roll is modified. See, I just I made the game better. There you go. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. Die rolls. Now, uh, die rolls. Mm. Uh, the the rule of one is gone. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. So, uh, you know, there 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 is no no mechanic in that, and also the rule of ten. So, uh, yeah, makes, uh, makes rolling dice less fun. Yeah, it makes rolling dice less fun, and uh, the apparently the the base target number, which which in first and fourth edition was six is still a little fluid so it could be easier or harder so it still may not be a coin flip but you've you've, you've taken a lot of the chance out of it yeah uh damage rolls and soak rolls are out they they decided that vampire requiem got this one right i uh, i can so, see it i like 
So those, this is this those is can slow down combat, make things clunky. Yes, yes, it, it, it can slow down combat. This is this is what ha- this is what happened in first and fourth edition. You rolled a hit. You roll, uh, and let, let's say you get you get two successes to hit. Great. You you roll damage. He rolls soak to absorb that damage, and whatever whoever wins, whoever got more successes wins. Right. The idea being more that successes you take damage. If you got equal or more successes than him, you take no damage. Right. The idea being that if you're super tough, just because he hits you doesn't mean he's going to hurt you. Exactly. This one's different. This this the, the target number is is the the defender's stamina plus fortitude or whatever and however many successes you get is how much damage he takes and that's it so it's 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 actually two rolls instead of one because if you have fortitude you 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 get an automatic you get an automatic damage reduction it's a roll but it's two rolls instead of one Hmm. that's it i mean two doing two rolls instead of four now there's also going to be human blood effects now what i mean by that is if you if you drink from a drunk human you you get you get uh, you get status effects. If you drink from a, an Olympic athlete, you get you get bonus to athletics or or uh, strengths of or oh my of strength. god! I got to go human shopping now. Yes, if you uh, if, oh if, my god, hang outside the Whole Foods. If, if if you drink from from an idiot, you're gonna be a little dumber. Stuff like that. Okay, now uh, hunger dice. There is no blood pool. All right, I just want to say that that the the platoon of blood effects. Yeah. That is a needless complication. Okay. I I can understand thematically where they're going with it. Like, if you're only feeding on skid row drug addicts and drunks all the time, you're probably going to be like them. Yeah. Whereas if you're feeding on the high society, you're probably going to be like them. But then again, the reason you're drunk. in the high society is because that's who you are anyway. The reason right. you're with the skid row losers is because that's who you are anyway, not because that's what you're forced to eat. It's just right. who you are. I so understand. it just... Ugh, sorry. They went the other way uh, for 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 fifth edition. So they, they decided, decided to. So they you decided what you eat. So they decided, you know, uh, nine attributes was too much, but we have to create a whole bunch of different types of people to eat. There, there's more. Uh, your blood pool is gone. Oh, there is no blood. Good pool. God. They they called it a gas tank, and they don't want a gas tank. They wanted something, and I quote, sexier. Oh yes. So instead of spending a blood point, you rouse your blood, which is like you activate the blood inside your body. And then every time you do that to to uh, to use a use a uh, to heal yourself, to increase your strength, to use a discipline, to do anything you would normally do to use blood, you rouse your blood, and you have a chance to get hungrier. You start off when you're completely sated at zero hunger dice, and then you go to and then then if you fail that roll when you rouse your hunger, you go to one. Then you fail another roll, you go to two, up to five. Now, what's this hunger dice? You say I'll tell you. Uh, you, you uh, when you're rolling something, it's your it's your uh, attribute plus your skill, and it's the dice put together. You roll for a target number and you count the number of successes. Now, let's say you have a strength of uh, I'm sorry, f- uh, physical stat of three, and a brawl, no, and a uh, punch of four. So you have seven dice, but you have two hunger which means you replace two of those dice with two red dice. You have to have other colored dice to begin with. And you roll. If you roll a one on any of those red dice, the beast slips out. And you have to deal with that or possibly frenzy. Hmm. But if you deal with it, you, you, you deal with it by uh, using composure, which is like an offshoot of willpower. And 
the more you use the more you use composure to to like bottle the beast down when it finally does when you finally fail and it comes out it comes out the stronger because you don't have as much composure you used it all trying to trying to fight the little things and now you don't have enough to, to fight the really big blow up and you go nutters and you frenzy that sounds a lot like how blood pool works but in reverse and like, instead of like starting at zero counting up you're starting at zero and counting down. No, no, no but see, you can uh, you can stay to hunger five all day long. Uh, yeah. You can just keep using powers. You cannot get any more detriment after five. So there's no pool. You have infinite blood when it, when it comes to spending it for powers and abilities. All right. Well, TP Poker in the chat is asking, what in this uh, example from the we know of fifth edition pre-alpha, do you think sounds more important, composure or willpower? Okay. For the little we know. All right. Uh, from the little we know, uh, what they did was uh, willpower used to be 10 points. All right. And, and you had 10 usable willpower points. Well, up to 10. Usable. You, you had you had your up to 10 willpower stat, which had up to 10 usable willpower points. And you could use those to augment your dice rolls. They've cut willpower down to five and given you a composure of up to five. With with usable, uh, the, your, your composure is usable and your, your willpower has usable boxes just like in the old days you use those for auto successes or to or to uh, uh actually it's just auto successes before it was also quell quell a frenzy or ride the wave so to speak right. quell a frenzy right. now you have to use composure to do that composure is a fluctuating stat uh you you gain and and lose composure uh from what i understand very very quickly uh, really the, the that's more, okay that's a little different the more hungry you are, the more you will lose composure. The less hungry you are, the more the more you can possibly gain it back. So what this does is it, it takes away the what, what they call the gas tank mechanic, which is which right. is uh, which is what a blood pool what they, what they call a blood pool now. Right, the old that, version of blood pool. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a stat to be managed. Now it's something to be worried about all the time. It's constantly on your mind. Which is actually because a lot more thematically what they're really it going is, it for. It is. It's it's very thematic for what they're what they're trying to go for, which is why they did it. So, so what's for keeping like the beast within in check, which would be a greater tool, willpower, uh, uh, or composure? To me, the, the the greater stat would have to be composure. The reason being is because uh, every time you roll a one on these on this on this hunger die. Uh, you're, you're, you, you have a chance of, of going a little bit nutters and you have to use, use composure to quell that. Now you're always not going to want to go nutters because every, every time you do, it's always a bad thing. The, the storyteller is always going to hit you for it no matter what. And then you just go and feed as quickly as possible to bring your hunger dice down and your composure back up. Interesting. It, it makes, it makes instead of blood, being being the worrisome mechanic that you have to watch, hunger right. is the worrisome mechanic that you have to watch. That's now, a better way of thinking about it with thematic right, exactly, triangle. Exactly. Thematically, it's a better way of thinking about all it. Right, now, all right. uh, there is a YouTube video that is going to be in the credits, and uh, Max Liao is going to put it in the in the description when this goes up on YouTube tomorrow. Over there, so you'll be able to click on this link, and and uh, and see the the presentation they they did in May 2017 May. Uh, in Berlin, at the at the Vampire Convention, when when they debuted the alpha the pre alpha playtest, you can see them explain this whole thing. It's like an hour or so long, 
it's 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 everything I said, but with a little more explanation, right. and and with with a lot of Euro trash accents. Another now, question comes: Do you think that okay. having to keep the element of composure in the back of your mind to tame the beast? Do you think this takes away from the main dynamic of the game? Okay, now what what they're going for the main main dynamic for for fifth edition is is theater. They're really going for like for the masquerade, the, keeping yeah, the like, illusion up. No, 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 no. Uh, they're See, uh, first, first, and first, second, and fourth edition could could uh, really, really relate to both number crunchers and and just uh, really, really diehard role players. For fifth edition, they want the really, really diehard role players. Every mechanic they have changed, they they, they have they have changed it to a to a role playing additive experience. Yeah, I can see that definitely. That's what they've done. So they've actually changed the main dynamic of a game from middle of the road to way more uh, 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 role-play theatrical heavy. Now, I want everyone here who does not want my biased opinion to mute. I will give you a thumbs up <laughs> when, when I'm done. And then you can... Uh, you can you can uh, put the volume back on. So please mute in three, two, one. Okay, I hope you're muted. This system sucks. It is Euro trash nonsense, written by a bunch of French people and German people for LARPers only. It has killed anyone who has any kind of real sense in reality and doesn't think life is there just to push them down. To, they need to make a game for me so I can escape escape reality because I, I'm too stupid to live in it. I need something so immersive that I can completely forget about my completely crappy life. They made that game for these yahoos who shouldn't be alive anyway. They completely ruined it for your run-of-the-mill average role player. Ruined it. Killed it. All it is now is, is is an angsty goth's orgasm. That's all this game is now. I'm never going to buy it. Anyone who says it's good, I might punch in the freaking face. And here's my thumbs up. All right. Thank you for coming. Uh, thank you for coming back. I appreciate it. And that is all. That is all I have for me today. Yeah, uh, I want to thank everyone for, for uh, stopping by and uh, and hearing my, my take on, uh, on Vampire. If you want to hear more about 1st or 4th edition, go ahead and throw it in chat or leave it in the comments on on our upcoming on the youtube video if you're watching it there and uh if we, if we get enough uh enough uh, votes then i will i will be more specific into the vampire game itself oh uh, there goes our white sponsorship i think it's gone yeah there you go and a first or fourth edition and i will expand upon certain aspects of it if not i will move to mage well did I, I will download the mage fourth edition and compare first and fourth edition of mage well didn't white with the world of darkness thing have an issue where they were bought by a video game company and then they sat on the property and did nothing worthwhile with it and then they sold it off to someone else right onyx onyx i believe yeah uh, which which made third edition which was universally crappy right but they trying to remember what video game they made um I was it funcom or something it was some kind of they were actually working on a world of darkness MMO, which never happened. I think it was Funcom who actually ended up buying it, and then they ended up selling it when they did never made the game. That's entirely possible. Uh, TP Poker said that he, he thought that uh, that uh, um, fourth edition was uh, was a little too numbers crunchy, which you know I get. 
you know, if, 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 if you, if you really want the, the more role-playing experience, uh, you have to have the right storyteller because first, 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 second and fourth edition, uh, it really depends on the storyteller. If, if you want, if you want an, an immersive game with not as much roles, uh, the storyteller can make that happen for you. If, if you want a game that is more about the numbers, more about statistics, the storyteller is the one that steers that ship. So, uh, if uh, it's all up to him. Uh, what what kind of uh, feel the game is going to have? So there you go. Fair enough. All right. I just and remember how, how in how first long was that? That was like forty minutes. That was forty minutes. minutes. I'm sorry. I remember that uh, at first edition, uh, the werewolves because they didn't have werewolf rules yet. No. They basically just said make a human and double their strength and toughness at night. Right. Yeah. And they Which, had like two loves of protein automatically or something. Yes. Yeah, uh, they they had they had they had vampire powers because they didn't have a werewolf source book. Yeah, yeah. I started but, tearing people up with them with werewolves because they were yeah. nasty. Today I have Bacardi Dragonberry. Oh lord! It's actually uh, I looked closer and I made a mistake. Horrible, horrible error. It's strawberry rum, which is going to be awful. <laughs> Why do you? It's do going this? to be medicine. Why do you do this to yourself? Because every once in a while I, I hit a diamond in the rough. Except I think this is just going to be rough. No one's. Did you? No one told you to do this. If you want more Heathen Dogma, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, all those past segments, uh, animated RP. Oh my God! It's it's it turned into vapor in my mouth, and and the the, the synthetic strawberry is going into my brain. Uh, if you want to see past streams, you can check Star Trek Online with Buck Vasvakula as he levels through Star Trek Online and makes Starfleet a worse place for everyone. Uh, also, his StarCraft II playthrough, his Darkest Dungeon playthrough, which he'll never, ever play again. Uh, his Observer playthrough, where he had to stop playing because the game kept making him fall in a hole. That didn't yeah. exist, except for him. Uh, his playthrough of Amnesia, which was very nice and spooky. And that was a Dark Descent. Also, a Machine for Pigs. That's right. Th thank you, Baldahar, for gifting us those uh, those games. I and those it. terrible nightmares that they in induced. Thank you very much. Bad, yeah. uh, I'll be returning to the McCool come Monday. Yeah, season fourteen. Mm -hmm. uh, also, you can check out his streams Monday, Thursday at twelve noon Central Standard Time, uh, with the return of the McCool for season fourteen. Oh my God! That's right. He's coming back, baby. Can't keep uh, him down. Oh no! Starfleet's most unhealthiest captain. <laughs> uh, the quadrant will never be the same. But now, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about something else that does not involve the Fats McCool, as cool as he is. Let's talk about... Garthon's comic poll! Where Garthon pulls comics and on Wednesday. But he reads them and tells you about them today. Uh, first, we're going to talk about X-Men Gold number 13. Uh, written by Mark Guggenheim. The artist is Mike Mayhew. Uh, colors done by Rain Burrito. This cover is done by Art Adams and Peter Steigerwald. Steigerwald. That's a good name, man. Yeah. Steigerwald. Ah, oh, man. It's, it's probably Steigerwald. That's what I'm saying. That's a good yeah. name. That's a... Mayhew's good, but this makes you think of Sh uh, Chewbacca. Duncan Idaho says it's such a happy time now the Secret Empire's over. Oh, God, yes. All right. So, this is, as you see it for the cover here, uh, the beginning of Mojo Worldwide Part 1. It's a multi-issue crossover between the X-Men series. 
As usual, the X-Men series can't cross over with any other series. They have to cross over with themselves because mm. no one wants to be around the dirty muties, apparently. Nope. Nope, that's just how it is. Even when you have mutants on the Avengers, they still have to have the crossovers in their own book. This cover was done by Art Adams, as I said. Uh, legend in the comic industry. Great cover. Uh, ask you if this ever appears anywhere in the book. Uh, does it ever appear anywhere in the book? Sort of, but no. Sort of? No, okay. There you go. Whew, you, you scared me there. <laughs> uh, first off, I would just want to get this out of the way. The art inside the book is absolutely fantastic. Okay. Um, Mike Mayhew just knocks it out of the park with this book. Um, he is the strongest artist the book has had since the beginning, uh, where they had to kick out the guy for writing the anti-Jewish stuff. Um, mm -hmm. He deserved to go. Uh, the colors are super strong. Everything's clearly laid out. Um, it's almost photorealistic art. The guy is just a machine. I don't know how he does it. Um, Storyline-wise, it starts with the X-Men, you know, getting the different teams together and having, and having an intramural baseball game. You should always know that anytime okay. the X-Men have a, have any sort of sporting activity together, be it basketball, baseball, or a freaking high lie, things are going to go to hell. Sure. Um, I think they would know that, you know? You'd think they would. And they actually do make a joke. They actually joke about it when bad stuff starts happening. They're like, you would think we would know better than to play baseball together. Um, but at the end of the last issue, they teased Mojo in the Mojoverse. Uh, Mojo sure. being a evil spineless dictator who controls the pocket dimension of Mojoverse, which is a dimension entirely run on ratings, television ratings, sure. YouTube ratings. Makes perfect sense. And the way they stay in power is by keeping the ratings up. Uh, this issue starts with him looking over the script that the writer gave him. It's like, yes, brilliant. This will bring back the, them in droves. Yeah. And then his second fan is like, well, why did you kill the writer, sir? He's like, oh, everyone knows the, the the script is just a suggestion anyway. So he ends up sending out these giant pylons. So after the baseball game, these giant pylons crash into the earth. The, the X-Men go check it out. And of course, like the energy fields light up like, oh, we were just tricked, weren't we? We walked into a trap. Uh, they all find themselves what they think like poofed into alternate realities, which look, if you're a longtime X-Men reader, they look strangely familiar. Like one is a dark, bitter future where the cities are in ruins. Uh, one is where the world is all fire. One is uh, an ice place that looks a lot like Asgard. And at first they think that, that they've been transferred other dimensions. Then uh, because they're all psychically linked by uh, uh, Rachel Gray, a.k.a. Phoenix, who isn't right. not the Phoenix, but anyway, long X-Men story. Yeah. Uh, super psychic. Uh, they're all psychic links, though. They're all able to talk, and they figure out that they're not in alternate realities. They're not separated in time. They're actually in some incredibly complex virtual reality simulations. And it's actually really kind of neat, as an X-Men fan, you see where they're trapped, because at first you're like, oh, hell, I recognize these places. Because um, like they're all broken into like four or five-man teams at this point. One group is stuck in Asgard fighting the Jotun, which is part of... The crazy storyline where Loki hooked up Iceman to a machine to pull his ice powers out so the Jotun and the Ice Giants could attack Earth. Um, you got Rachel Gray, who's stuck in the dark future where they killed all the, all the mutants, where she was rescued from, where she was a mutant hunter called Hound. Hound. Uh-huh. Uh, that was from the... Uh, I don't think they have it a name, but from the dark future. Um, you get one group uh, stuck... 
uh, to uh, Inferno, where Madeline Pryor went nuts and brought demons upon the Earth. Basically, all these people, like one group's fighting the Hellfire Club, one group's fighting the Brood. So they all like the X-Men greatest hits. And then you see this great panel of Mojo in the center of it all saying, oh, no, not, you're not being killed by nostalgia, my friends. This is Legacy, which is the big deal with Marvel. Runs. Marvel Legacy going to previous numbering. So it's a nice play on that. And he's like, it's the greatest hits, as it were. And the great thing about these hits is they hit back. So And on top of that, he's broadcasting what's happening live, not only to everyone in his own dimension, but also to Earth. So everyone on Earth could watch it, too, to boost his interdimensional ratings. So it's like a hack, right? Yeah, so he's reaching out, not just in his own dimension, but to boost ratings. He's going to other dimensions. He's going to that's international. Cheater. I think that's actually like a play on how a lot of American movie houses will, are like depending on like Asian markets nowadays to make money from crappy shows. Yeah, they, they have to change a whole lot of scripts right. to, to, to not piss off China. Right, or they'll make a movie like Great Wall with Matt Damon, which is eh, but made tons of money in China. All right. Because it was about a Great Wall. And it had Matt Damon in it. They went, oh, Matt Damon's a big American star. Let's go watch this. And whereas in America, they went, huh? Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt <Sorry>. Damon. <laughs> that movie was funny. It was dumb, but funny. Um, so, in a way, it's kind of, but, so overall, in a way, the way they're doing this is sort of, okay, you're just, that's not very original. You just have you're just having the stupid X Men do the battles they've already done. Woohoo! But it's how it was presented and how it it isn't presented as oh wow oh no they have to fight this again. It's almost played in a way for laughs and that Mojo is putting them through it because those were some of the best selling times in the X Men book. Those were so those were his best ratings. So why not make them do it again? So it, it's. In a way, I think on purpose, it's a kind of a poke at the industry itself and where it's going in a lot of ways. That or it's a cheap, cheap grab for viewers and. Yeah, it's either it might that might be it too. But the thing is, like I said, right now the writing is actually pretty sharp. The characters are true to form. It was fun to read it, and when I saw or when it was revealed, everything was going on. It wasn't an eye rolling. Oh God, this is stupid. It was actually like. Hey, this is really cool. I want to see what happens this time. It, it was the entertainment was there. That doesn't mean it won't overstay its welcome. But so far, Mark Guggenheim has been a pretty good writer. I've been really happy with the, what he's done with X Men Gold. Uh, like I said, the art is five star art. I just can't get over it. Wow. It's fantastic. Cool. Um, so, and it's neat seeing different teams in those situations. I still don't like Old Man Logan. I thought he was cool in his one shot independent universe. I don't like him being part of the X Men. It's just, I think it's dumb. Regular Wolverine filled the exact same role. There's no difference, but now his hair is white. And he complains about being old. That's the only difference. Mm. So, I, Old Man Logan is stupid. If you love Old Man Logan, I'm sorry. But it's just Wolverine with white hair. There's no character difference. Well, there shouldn't be. He's Wolverine. It's the same guy. Yeah, so well, why no, do it? He should it? be older and wiser. He should be different. If and you he's want not, Old Man and, Logan rather than just Logan, he right. should be like... Crotchy right. or have, uh, have a shotgun that flares out at the end to, to shoot a kids on his lawn or something. Right. I don't know. And the Old Man Logan comic series was a great limited series in its own universe. Anytime you start bringing it a, a great limited series from its own universe into mainstream, you start cheapening what that did and making it look worse. <clears throat> Watchmen. <clears throat> so 
you don't want to do that. All right, but anyway, back to X-Men Gold number 13, because that's what we're talking about. Like I said, can't see enough good things about the art. Just blows me away. The story I enjoy, the characters are written very well. It does almost seem to, for a while, the book seems to lack a hook to really draw you in until the very end, but that's okay. Um, I'm going to give it four stars, not four and a half. But four, okay. it's, ah, it's so close to four and a half or five. It's so close. I really, really loved it. If the cover matched what happened somehow in the book, the reason I say it kind of matches in that they are, do, you do see a group team fighting Sentinels. You do see a team fighting Brood, you know, but there's no Apocalypse in the book. Maybe later. Hey, you never Wait, know. no Apocalypse at all? At all. That's right. what I'm saying. But Mojo's there. He's on the cover. Yeah, in the very corner. Yeah. Well, looking at this cover, it, I'm not certain they're doing this, but it looks like it links with other covers. That's my guess. That's possible, like, yeah. like I said, it's a crossover between X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, uh, whatever other X-Men series they decide to create in the next 10 months. Who knows? X-Men Chartreuse. <laughs> X-Men Space. Um, what's the hot property right now? X-Men Pokemon Go? I don't know. Anyway, so four stars. For X-Men Gold, number 13. Uh, great jumping on point, especially for an old, like, lapsed X-Men fan. Great uh, idea to jump on there, I think. All right, next book. Superman, number 32. Written by James Bonney. Artist is Tyler Kirkham. The colors are by Arif Prianto. Uh, and the artist and colorist also did the cover. Believe it or not, the art inside the book is better than that cover. I hope so. Well, the cover has a nice dynamicism to it. It's kind of a little too cartoony. Yeah, it's a little cartoony, but has a nice dynamicism to it. The interior art actually looks a lot more realistic. Okay, good. Um, occasionally, like during a super action scene, it might get a little cartoony, but uh, Tyler Kirk, I think, does a great is, job making serious scenes look serious and making action scenes look dynamic. Is this the one I tweeted? I, I thought I didn't tweet this one because it looked too cartoony. I figured it couldn't be it. I don't know. I didn't. don't remember which one you did. I can look. I'm not gonna. All right, fine. I can look right now. Go ahead. I am. So you got my phone oh, right now. Go. go to Twitter. Yep, I I did a different, a completely different cover. Oh, uh, do you Target. like this cover? Yeah, I I no no no. I used the Rebirth, thirty the number thirty two Superman number thirty two. This is Superman Rebirth number thirty two. Target Deathstroke. Yeah. Oh well, then I got a better cover. Yeah, Only you you also grabbed an alternate cover. Yeah, I used a better cover, but only slightly. It's still pretty cartoony. I'd have to see which cover you did. Anyway, um, last issue had Lois Lane attempting to get an interview with Deathstroke. Because Deathstroke, had been, because Deathstroke had been in the news a lot. So? And, and she was like, well, she is ace reporter Lois Lane. She does not know the meaning of danger. Mm. Someone should buy her a thesaurus. Um... Or a dictionary or something. So she ended up going out to try and like find Deathstroke, the Terminator, the world's sure. greatest superpowered hitman. Yep, that sounds like a completely legit move. And she did. Of course. This was last issue. Uh, she got a very brief interview with him. Um, but during that situation, like while she was trying to track him down, she actually ended up coming across a bunch of an organized crime ring that was trying to find him as well because they wanted to kill him because 
they had a misunderstanding about finances. They didn't uh, pay him? Yeah, they didn't pay him. No. And so they wanted to kill him because he, you know, was upset about that. like that, not being paid yeah. stuff. Yeah. Or, or he killed someone they liked, so they were going to kill him. Something like that. But so they're like, hey, you're asking a lot of questions about this guy. We think you're with him. Then she went, no, I'm not. And so when they were attacking her, all of a sudden Deathstroke jumped out. And he defended her. And he ended up killing a bunch of these guys because hey, he was going to kill them anyway. Hmm. And she's like, and he actually goes to her and like, why the hell were you even looking for me? It's like, well, I want to interview you. He's like looking like bull. And then she pulls a gun on him. And she pulls out a stun gun that Clark Kent gave him. No, wait. She stunned one of the thugs. With the stun gun? Sure. And after Destro kills these guys, all of a sudden Superman shows up. And he's like, what the hell are you doing here? He's like, yeah, I, I knew Lois was in trouble, so I came. Saving your chick. That's what I'm doing. Well, basically, well, Destro was killing some dudes because he kills dudes. And Destro, you know, Lois Lane wasn't on his kill list, so he wasn't going to do anything. But, he, but the stun gun that Clark Kent gave Lois had a tracer in it, so if she ever activated the stun gun, it would set off an audible signal only he could hear anywhere on the planet. Smart. Yeah. So, boom, rush to her aid. A tracking device on your girlfriend. Yeah, it's not really a tracking device, but it is one of those, if she's in trouble, I'll know exactly where she is. And being or, Superman... Or if she, or if she accidentally drops her purse the wrong way. Yeah, that too. But, <laughs> hey, he's willing to take that risky Superman. Uh, but he does. she eventually does get a very brief interview with her. Uh, like, the only advice he gives her is, you know, when you're prey, you never run. Because then they'll know you're prey. Walk slow. Or stand to face it, never run. Uh, which is, you know, interesting advice from a hunter. Hmm. And true. Baldar says, life alert. Help, I finally can't get up. Yeah, it's pretty much just a life alert for Superman, Baldahar. But, but it's, it's a life alert that she didn't know was. Yeah, she didn't alert. know she had it. And she was pretty t- picked, pissed off, honestly. Because, hmm. you know, after, like, you know, Destro Clutch, she's like, you do not do that. You do not. She's like, I'm just trying to protect you. No, you, you know what you don't do? Look for international superpowered assassins to interview. Yeah, that was pretty you much You do his, not do that. That was his position. And she was like, Stupid. And she's like, you know, this is what I do. You you do the same thing. He's like, yeah, but I, yeah, but I got superpowers. I don't know. I'm fine. But Lois is a strong woman. She's not going to put that. Well, now she's written she's a strong dumb. woman. She's not going to put that crap. Dumb. She's always been dumb. She, she was dumb in the Superman movie, like the first one. Oh, yeah. Super stupid. I used to understand her, like, falling off of stuff all the time. Like, Daughter says, you try to do something nice for someone, they get pissed at you. Yeah, I know. But anyway, this issue, 32, Deathstroke tracks down Lois Lane. Pulls her out into an alley, points a gun at her head, and she's like, what else going on? I was like, I'm going to kill you. You know, cocks back the pistol. She's like, what, what? And then, why? He's like, eh, because. And then, you know, of course, right when she's pulled the trigger, there's a big big red S in the way. And she was like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Deathstroke? This isn't smart. He's like, yeah, I wondered when you'd show up. You're always defending someone. He's like, yeah. And eventually they get, and so they get into a fight. Deathstroke has to upgrade his suit that has a gravity reactive shield. So anytime you punch him, it deflects the force out. Right? So, work. well, so basically, first time you punch this Deathstroke, like, Lois Lane gets knocked back because the impact bounces off him, hits him, and hits Lois. He just stands there. Lois, he's like, oh, crap. That's like, you can't hit me. You got to show the surroundings what you're going to do to people around you. You're more dangerous to other people than me right now. So I was like, uh-huh. 
and, you know, decides to move him somewhere else and keep punching him. Because Deathstroke at this time is thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm telling him this, but, uh, yeah, my shields can't take much more of this. I forgot how strong he is. Hmm. Eventually, he does knock the shields out of him. Sure. And says, you need to stay the hell away from her. It's like, why? Is she your girlfriend or something? I'm just telling you to stay the hell away from her. It's like, all right. Later, of course, he sets up a situation and grabs her again. Wait, 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 wait. He didn't take him to jail? He tried. He let him go? Deadpool got he away. Tried. Oh, not Deadpool. Sorry, Deathstroke got away. Yeah. The original Deathstroke got away. What? He what throws a smoke bomb. Right. Anyway. Oh, my God. I don't remember how. Something like happened. Superman, ba- basically, Superman there was like a huge... There, like, he caused an emergency somewhere else, so we had to go do, do that instead. Second situation later gets set up, uh, where during your report, Lois Lane gets snatched. And Superman immediately thinks, freaking Deathstroke. I knew he's after her. She wouldn't believe me. And, of course, sets up the situation where it's, there's an arson in a jet fuel storage facility. Okay. And Superman checks it out, and there in the facility is Deathstroke with Lois Lane. Gun to her head. Sure. Dr. says, it's Lois Lane, the universe, DC versus Jagoro. Oh, it'd be nicer to Lois Lane than that. No, because she, well, she's been replaced by Shape Changers before. Her boyfriend's a lot cooler, though. Anyway. Little husband. So. <laughs> he sets up a situation where it's like, look, you can either stop these things from exploding or you can stop me from shooting Lois in the head. It's your choice. You could kill me and do both. Definitely stop the things from exploding. Definitely. Yeah, basically it's like gives her the choice of you could save Lois or save everyone or kill me and save them both. Those are your options, kid. You could laser beam me in the head with your eyes. I'll be dead. You'll stop for me a shot and you can still save people. What do you do? What do you do? And, you know, he's just like you see his eyes flare red but then he immediately goes and like does what he can to stop the... Then he... there's As the explosion starts, you know, he whips into action and stops it from killing everyone. But... Deathstroke mm-hmm. and Lois Lane disappear. Of course. Of course. Um, you assume that Deathstroke kills her, but a few, panels late, a few pages later, there's like an underground layer. Not a big fancy one, just a pretty crap one. Mm-hmm. And Lois is there with Deathstroke, and he's telling her... She's like, why, why didn't you kill me? I, I'm, I'm here. I'm alone. I, what? It's like, jobs is to kill you. If it was, you'd already be dead. Superman wouldn't know how to think. Would he have never known about it? And he just leaves her. Okay. So at that point, she goes like scrambling, trying to find her stun gun. Uh, you know, Superman alarm. Which she was so pissed off about at first. Yeah, at first, she thinks it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, now it's a great idea. Now that Deathstroke yeah. almost kills you like three times, yeah, yeah, now it's a great time and a great thing to have. Uh, so, of course, she activates it. Superman immediately, like, boom, through the ceiling. I was looking all over for you. And, you know, he's like, you know, we should tell about your safety. She's like, yeah, I'm not going to miss that anymore. I'm sorry. should listen to you. But I, I don't know why you didn't kill me. He's like, yeah, that's very strange. He's like, he's like, like hmm. Hmm. The epilogue is Deathstroke getting into like a looks looks like an armored car, okay. and an interesting scene does follow upon that. Well, don't leave us in suspense. I won't. Uh, when Superman busts into the 
layer to rescue Lois. You see, scratched into the wall with one of Deathstroke's knives, the words, game over, Boy Scout. She's like, what does it mean? It's like, it means it was never about killing you, Lois. It was all a game to test me. To see how far I would go to protect someone he knows I care about. But what was Deathstroke's game? Or did someone put him up to it? Then after Deathstroke gets in the armored car, it says, you know, he's talking to someone says, I've seen that look before. More than times than I can remember. The look of murder. So he didn't bite. I wouldn't be here if he did. You were never in any real danger. The enhanced power coil that I probably would have protected you. That coil crapped out during a street brawl. It says Deathstroke. My armor's defenses and shields were useless against him. If you were vulnerable, then why go through with it? I always finish a job, even for you. Then the mysterious figure says, I know you had different in the past, but surely you realize. Uh, but you've really come through for me now. I just need to know how far Superman could be pushed, in case I need to do some pushing myself. To which Deathstroke replies, as you see the full panel, a job's a job, Waller. I don't give a damn about your reasons. Dun, dun, dun. So Amanda Waller is trying to see how far she could push Superman. How many times have I said, put a bullet in that girl's head and the world would be a better place? To make a Star Trek reference, well, DS9 reference, Amanda Waller is the Kai Wynn of the DC Universe. Yes. She's in a position of power. She might be useful, but she is so freaking evil. As long as the evil's on your side, you're okay. But uh, there's just a moment, just a little bit till the power I start talking to her and they're all screwed. So, I liked the issue. It did have some of those, oh no, another death trap is set up. And it did have the, the kind of typical, oh no, who will Superman save? But at least this was for a reason. It was for Deathstroke doing it, not because Deathstroke is stupid, but because he was doing a job. That was the gig. And he knew Superman, if he wanted to, could kill him. Yeah. But Deathstroke's kind of badass, and he's going to do it anyway. That's the job. So, I liked the book. I kind of liked seeing Superman's limits kind of pushed a little bit. I enjoyed... Limits, I can't, come on. I can't say... Well, just his moral limits. Mm-hmm. Like, would he be willing to kill someone to save Lois? And you kind of kind of wonder if you're Lois. Like, hey, why didn't he kill that guy to save me? <laughs> of course, they do have, like, her thought bubble, like, in that moment. You know, saying, you know, please don't kill him. Please don't kill him. You're not the man I love if you kill him. You know? So, yeah, she's on board with, you know, getting shot in the head. Uh, which makes sense for their relationship, honestly. Because sure. Lois is kind of an absolutist. She is a very, there's right and wrong in the world, and I'm going to expose it because I'm a member of the free press. Right? Um, so that makes sense for her character. I'm not saying it's like, oh, it was just trying to forgive Superman. No, that makes sense for her character. Uh, I enjoyed the book. Didn't love it, but I really enjoyed it. I'm curious about where this goes with the Amanda Waller stuff. Mm. I fear that that will mean seeing the Suicide Squad, which means seeing Harley Quinn in this book. Bug. So that's my fear. But final rating, I'll give this book three stars. All right. It was good. Not great. It was good. And lastly, on the comic poll, the final part of the War of Jokes and Riddles, Batman number 32 Written by Tom King. Artist by artist is Mikkel Jianin. Uh, colors by June Chung. Uh, the cover is done by the artist and colorist. That's what the interior... Every, well, let's just say every panel looks like that. That's the art quality of the whole book. Um, it's really high quality art. I can't... 
be mad at. I really like the art in this book. Um, it's not very comic booky, one could say, no. but then it is. It, it works very well. It, to me, it's just really fascinating to see the interpretation of the characters and how true to model uh, Mikhail Gianni gets at every single panel. You could tell just by their facial structure, by how they move, which character is which. And when an artist can capture that, they are good. So this Michael Gianni just really... As much as I'm not super fond of Tom King, this storyline has been very interesting. I have liked the writing, but the art's been fantastic. Cool. Um... So, Batman proposed to Catwoman, yes. or Bruce Wayne proposed to Lena Kyle, and yeah. after, you know, they bumped uglies, uh, he has to tell her about that he's the Batman, and she needs to know about the darkness of the Batman, because she might want, want to say no after knowing the darkness of the Dark Bat. So, um, she tells her about, like, one of his first big issues, the War of Jokes and Reels, where Joker lost the ability to laugh, he couldn't find anything funny, and that drove him even more nutters. The Riddler wanted to solve the riddle, the ultimate riddle of how Batman always stops them. And so they each decided to be happy they had to kill Batman, which caused them both to go to war with each other to be the guy who had the rights to kill Batman, which ended up with them forming, like, getting like, the whole Batman roast galleries, like, divided on who's on whose side. They all started fighting each other. Uh, it culminated last issue with Kite Man. Freaking Kite Man! One of Batman's biggest joke characters, uh, turning the tables on Joker, uh, uh, sorry, on Riddler, getting rid of half Riddler's army, so it just ended up being Joker, Batman, Riddler, and Kite Man left alone, uh, where Riddler promptly punched him out, because uh, he's Kite Man, hell yeah. Um, and that's when it, the cliffhanger was like, and then the dark just happened, because I'm the dark bat, and you need to know. Um, this cover uh, could also be. Nicknamed foreshadowing much, as we'll just get into. All right. So it just, as they're left alone, they start immediately, almost immediately, you know, getting into a bit of a fist fight. Sure. And uh, they actually like the, between the between the two of them actually managed to take Batman down, right? Not like he's bloody and beaten, but like they managed to get him down. And then Riddler, like, looks over at Joker, and Joker just has this real sour look on his face. He's like, come on! That's not funny! That's not making you laugh! Don't you get it? Kite Man! I mean, I didn't go through all this trouble for this not to happen, for you not to be laughing right now. And Batman's like, wait, what the hell? And then Riddler reveals all, that after finding out that Joker had lost the ability to laugh to find humor in anything, he took that as a great challenge, as the ultimate riddle of what makes him laugh. He says, it should have been enough. Wage a war? Take you to the city? The bat all to the brink? Only to lose because of what? Kite Man? I'm humiliated. I'm defeated. Beaten in front of you because of Kite Man. Do you know how much work it took to make that create a fool named Kite Man? Do you know what work that took? To set him up an informant? Kill his kid? Convince Batman to listen to him? Put him into your organization? Me, defeated by Kite Man. Begging Batman for mercy right now? Come on, that's funny! You should be laughing! And Joker's just like, knock, knock. You know, just sour look. Bat's like, enough. It's like, no, no, this isn't about you, you idiot. Don't you get it? This is never about you. The world does not revolve around Batman. Not every story in the city is about Batman. 
You're not a challenge. You're not even fun. I could have you dead tomorrow morning if I wanted. It's easy. But you, the man who laughs at anything but now can't laugh at anything, what's there? That, that's an opportunity. That's the riddle I want to solve. And I did solve by making this stupid war and losing. And you should be laughing! Don't you... And, you know, so Riddler's, like, freaking out. And Batman is just going nuts in the background. That, like, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. This guy just caused a war. Hundreds are dead in the city. And just so he could make this guy laugh. He played everyone. He murdered a guy's son in front of him just to turn him into a supervillain named Kite Man because he thought it would be funny. And so Batman just kind of goes a little bit off the bat train. And thus we get this panel. It wasn't an accident. I didn't think I'd fail. I wasn't out of control or insane. I knew who I was. I knew what I was doing. I understood the choice I'd made. I thrust the knife out to kill the Riddler. A nice panel of him stabbing the Riddler in the face. In the face. In the face. Yeah. That's something. And that's the kind of the panel you can go, wait. What? What? He tried to kill the Riddler by stabbing him in the face, between the eyes. Well, it's more like around the nose. Yeah, but that'll go into the brain. Lower, maybe in the mouth. I don't know. It, it doesn't seem very death-bringing. More like... Well, but uh, what happens... Scarring. I didn't put this image in because I didn't want to spoil it for if you buy the book. But the next panel is you see he's not sta- he as he tried to, the Joker put his hand in the way of the knife and stopped it. So it's actually going through Joker's hand. Mm. Now show that the knife is through Joker's hand, and then it kind of peels back and and you see Joker looking at Riddler and Batman and going, "Now that, that's funny." And he starts laughing maniacally. Really? Frickin' tool. That's because he's Joker. He's insane. And having driven Batman to murder, to him, is hilarious. Okay. But it was the Riddler that did it. For the Riddler set up everything. Yeah, it is. It still made him laugh. That Riddler thought that, that murdering someone else would be enough to make him to be funny. But no, making Batman kill, that the Riddler found funny. So I get it. But then he goes on to say, Later in Arkham, I asked Joker why he'd saved me. I asked him, he asked me if I knew the difference between a joke and a riddle. And I said no. He said I figured that out. I'd understand. Well. Well. And, well, uh, then it goes back to him and Catwoman on the bed. And Cat, he's like telling her, like, I have, like, like what separates you from the bed? I have lines right I, I have limits I can stop they can't control themselves and I can I'm good they're bad but I didn't I'm saw what everyone thinks it's not true what separates me from them is a hand on a knife Joker's hand as you see here uh, which I thought was a little much a hand on a knife his hand Joker stopped me from being a murderer oh please get over it get over it you're going to stab him in the face. You 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 stopped him from having to have $50,000 of reconstructive surgery. Oh. Shut up. Thanks for the cheer, Trollmaster998. Um, right. Now, boo-hoo, go back to your mansion. Yeah. Um, so eventually he's, like, trying to deal with that. 
I thought that was a little played too much, but it was interesting. I still find it interesting, but that's what's like, you know, he was almost a murderer. He, he thinks that Selena needs to know this. And she ends up going to this kind of long monologue about, well, you know what the difference between a joke and a riddle is? Cat. Uh, well, the answer is, who cares? We are who we are. We've done what we've done. And what you are, whatever horrors life made you. Just, I'm like, I'm whatever the horrors life made me. It's, I'm sure it's all either meaningful or hilarious, or philosophical or deep or something or everything, but we could spend our lives mired in complexities. But honestly, who cares, is how it wraps up. And then she says, will I still marry you? Yes. She, as she's in tears. Boo-hoo. So they're still getting married, even though um, he once tried to stab Riddler in the face. I think that would make me want to marry him more. Really? And this is Catwoman. You know, how would Catwoman not, not, care? Not exactly a preacher's daughter. Yeah, not exactly above murdering someone in the night. Yeah. Eh, you know, her father, you know, murdered like hundreds of people with his bare hands. Like lots of, yeah. Like, like super lots, lots of, of people. people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually is such a, was the king of organized crime in Gotham for so long that he kind of like has the Al Capone situation in prison where he can go in and out as he pleases. He just chooses to stay there because, eh, why not? You know? So, yeah. You don't screw with him. Anyway. Is this a good issue, though? Yeah. The ending. All this build-up. All this awesome build-up. Well, the awesome build-up all went to... Well, it depends on what you... It went to Kite Man, really. Yeah. I mean, Kite Man... Hell yeah. He got got all the awesome (laughs) build-up. I liked Kite Man. I liked Kite Man. Uh, The the book orgasmed on Kite Man... And then had not nothing left for Batman well, and the Joker. And the if nothing. you consider like the ending of the storyline, Selina finally saying, you know, giving her speech and saying yes to marriage, ah, eh, it's not a good ending. If you consider the ending to be, uh, Riddler flipping out on Joker, saying this isn't good enough for you, this isn't funny enough, that's pretty good. If you consider but, the ending, Joker yeah, being stabbed so, through the hand, laughing, no, saying, oh no, now that's funny, eh, that's okay. No, if, if you consider the ending. Uh, be, being Kite Man Man's revenge. created to be the greatest supervillain ever for just one shining moment. Then it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, I consider like the climax, the climax of the, like, the whole series is to me when Riddler flips out on Joker saying this isn't good enough. Come on. I set all this up and you see Batman just come to the realization of, oh hell, I was played. Um, and he just freaking can't take it that all these people had to die for this guy's ego trip. The being stopped by the head. Joker stopped you laughing. I liked. I didn't like when it came. There's the one hand stop you if you murder his hand on a knife. Like, okay, dude. Step back. You know, get off your whiny, pathetic high horse for a second. Stop psychoanalyzing everything in your life to try and give it meaning. Cause I, that was a little much. Especially talking to Catwoman. As we said. I enjoyed this whole jokes and riddles thing more than I thought I would. Uh, Tom King's first story arc I thought was garbage. This I actually liked. Um, when I consider it in totality the whole ser- story arc, um, to me it's definitely a four-star book. If I consider it just by itself, it's probably three, three and a half. I love the it's art. Gotta be three. I mean, nice dramatic art on it. Uh, love the ca- characters stay true to model. 
Um, but yeah, I'm giving it four stars. In uh, just because the it, it's I think it's the totality of this story arc. It was a great overall arc. Really enjoyed it. It's going to be an arc people talk about for years to come. The the arc was great, and then it just fell flat. I wouldn't even call it an arc. I call it mostly an arc and then a line, like straight down. You can't. Like that's fair oh, enough. God. It's not really a parabola, and you know, kind of goes and you know, it's like a bar graph. It fell short of the mark. You can say that. Um, I thought that part of the payoff was good. I didn't need it to be wrapped inside of the... I didn't need to constantly be seeing Batman and Selina in their underwear on a bed uh, with moody dark lighting and Batman, and Bruce Wayne constantly looking at his navel saying, Oh, I'm Batman. You don't understand. Look, there's even a picture of it. Oh, it's not really his navel. Her navel. He stared at her navel that time. Here, here, here he's seeing oh, yeah. his navel. In there. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Duncan Idaho has got it down. Kite Man's Revenge. Kite Man's Revenge. I would it's go for coming. that. It's coming. That the, the Kite Man train is rolling, baby. Well, they're actually, about four years ago, when we first started doing the podcast, well, you weren't here, there was actually a, there was a Batman series, I forget what it was called. It was an offshoot series. But in the end, you found out that the whole thing was orchestrated by Clue Master. Okay. Who is like the C-list version of Riddler? And it was just brilliant. He organized everything to just—he he basically like stripped Batman down to nothing, like got everything taken from him. And everyone thought it was like Riddler or something, and it wasn't him. And eventually, you find out at the end it's Clue Master. It's like what? And Clue Master is pissed about no one ever taking him seriously, and that's why he did it. Of course, then the series quickly has a turn where he gets murdered by his accomplice. It was just no really dumb. But anyway, uh, yeah, so four stars for Batman number 32. I really enjoyed this arc. And like I said, it's, it, is, it is one that's going to be talked about for years to come. The arc is, not not the ending, which is this book. Yeah, I consider the whole totality, man. Oh, uh, well, all right. That, that's just, I thought you were rating this book. I don't think it's a I am book. rating this book. I don't think it's a four book. I, mean, I but, do. You, know, it's really you didn't read it. Right. You didn't read the whole okay. book. All right. I say it's four. I'm the, it's Garth's comic poll. Like, you want your own comic poll? You get your own podcast. No. <laughs> and then I'll do the anime reviews. <laughs> we'll call it the Myth of Legions. Uh, <laughs> uh, Duncan Idaho says, I stab Joker in the hand. Blood drips like raindrops down the gutter. I remember gutters. My father passed face down with a bottle of Hooters in one hand. A copy of the Sears Home Catalog in the other. Oh, God. I love the Sears Home Catalog. The laundry section was... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> It was, it was before I had uh, National Geographic. It was the only thing I had. <laughs> uh, Dunk Hyde wonders, uh, how many star points would have been gained if they had cut out the Catwoman staging mechanic? Uh, that definitely would have made this book individually a four-star book, and not just considering the whole arc. Um, I really could have done without the whole Catwoman stage mechanic. He could have just been telling Alfred, you know, you don't know that this happened on my, one of my first missions. It didn't have to turn into... Before you marry me, you must know this. You know what? Selena Kyle used to have a, hey, before you marry me, you need to know about the people I robbed and left destitute. The people I injured to the point of death and left in gutters. You know? So He already knows all about that. Yeah, he still wants to marry this thing. He's not, well, it's hard, so hard to find someone with his work schedule. Fair. <laughs> you got to have similar interests. They both like wearing black leather. They both like whips. They both like swinging. They both work at night. Yeah. They have night jobs. They both like money. Hmm. Yeah, so they're a match made in heaven. 
They both have highly influential fathers who they can't really see all the time. Well, hers is in prison. His is dead. But, you know. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, that's that. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Garthon's Comic Pull. If you want more Garthon, you can check out my team-ups with Heathen Dog, Star Trek Online. Uh, the Foundry's back up, so more recording will happen. That's right. We're, we're excited about that. Past streams you can find on the YouTubes. Um, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, you can see those on Twitch. And currently I'm streaming the Banner Saga and posting those to YouTube as well. It has been quite a ride. Um, Banner Saga is a great game where no matter what choice you do, it's wrong. Yeah. Well, no, it's <laughs> it's it's based on on Viking logic, and and Viking logic is there's no win, there's just not losing as badly. Right. And so, of course, yeah. if you're listening to like Heathen Dog, he says keep attacking, and then like the game actually has your own people pull you out before you die. That was funny. Hey, no retreat, no surrender, baby. That's, hey, I was with you, but it was kind of hey, funny right. when like your guys like, nope, we're done. <laughs> what's that conk <laughs> get out of here <laughs> so thank you very much thank you very much alright now the RNG let's talk about something random and numeric uh, recently uh, since he and Dog and I were not able to record a foundry, foundry mission due to the republish of the foundry missions we tried to stream something else or record and that didn't work out very well but no. we're going to talk about our experience because I think it's worth talking about do you concur he the dog I do it was a fun game yeah we're going to talk about We Were Here, a video game available on Steam for the insane, for, I hope you can afford this. He the dog, give the, give us the price. Okay, what was it, $3? It was free. Free? Oh, there you go, yep. Yeah, free. Cost, it's cost zero dinero. Zero dollars. So, there you go. But it requires, requires two people to play. Yes. No more, no less. You must have two people. It is an online two-player game. Both people must have a, a, a mic. Got it. Yes. Mic. Basically, the premise is you're two Arctic explorers or something. You end up inside of a creepy mansion in the middle of this winter wilderness. One person acts as what they call the librarian. One person acts as what they call the explorer. So one person is stuck in a room. It's not a small room. It's a big room. And they have like the they have books or strange charts or a film All projector the with the answers if they can figure out how to present them the explorer is the one trying to get through the castle so they can both exit he has all the questions he has all and the questions he has to artfully communicate these questions to the librarian so he can find the correct answers now as you can understand they both have entirely different views of what's happening the explorer yes. will say um i see a door there's some eyes or something and and the librarian says, okay, what the hell could that mean? And, oh, there's an eye chart on the wall here, maybe that. And you start having to describe, well, there's a symbol that looks like a letter T on its side. You know, looks or like a, a robot. A male robot in a boat. <laughs> this looks like a girl robot in a boat <laughs> with a round bottom next to a hill with half a T on top. So you start trying to... And basically, and also, the way your audio, communicating over audio is over walkie-talkies. So yes. it's literally push to talk. Yes, one person it's only, talk. It's one way, exactly. Only one person can talk at a time. If you start talking over someone, their their message is lost. Yep, you can't it's hear gone. them. They can't hear you. Uh, so it's single duplex, right? That's what that would be? Half duplex. Half, half duplex. So you, when we were playing, we pretty quickly had to adopt military walkie-talkie <laughs> protocol. Over. With our overs and our outs, you know, it... Uh, Otherwise, it was just talking over each other, you know. Mm -hmm. And there were some times of frustration in the game. Yes. But the uh, puzzles were always doable. Room. 
the spike room. I don't know why that Setting. was. What's your issue with that one? And at I, one I point, we know. actually end up switching roles because there came a puzzle where, he, due to many frustrations along the way, it just he did not hit his point, so we switched roles. Yeah. And we got to the end. We would. If it hadn't gotten too late, we would have finished the game. We would have finished it, but it was already like what twelve. It was twelve thirty when we quit. Yeah, and uh, we only had there was the last puzzle. Yeah, we had. It was work. basically the last puzzle, and it was the last part of the last puzzle. We knew what the answer was, but it was like, yeah, it's too late. We're gonna we have time to do it. Yeah, so we had to stop. Um, but uh, the, the the puzzles did get increasingly harder and more complex. Yes, but they, they were always doable. Yes, they were always doable. Um. The game is a little glitchy, but it's definitely worth the paying price. Um, it's free. Uh, there's a sequel being made. Uh, this is being made by Total Mayhem Games. Uh, they do have a website of totalmayhemgames.com. Uh, so we just want to recommend, uh, if you have a friend, or if you don't, uh, the game's free, and it's definitely worth a playthrough. It'll probably only take a couple hours to go through if you want to spend sure. the time for it. And it actually, what's nice is it actually kind of has an autosave mechanic that if you leave and you come back, you could choose to start from where you left, from the exactly, completion yeah. of the most recent puzzle. Yes, yes. If if, if you want to change uh, change roles like we did, you mm -hmm. you can start from from where you all left off before when you had the different roles. You can you can go like, oh, the spike room. Okay, you stopped at the spike room. You can go back to the spike room. Yep. Um, has, has some nice creepy environments, some nice scenery. Um, not amnesia creepy. No, no, no. But uh, yeah. just a little off, a little creepy. Yeah, it, it had some good ambiance. You yep. know, it, it wasn't meant to scare you. It was just meant to add to the, the effect. That's yep. Uh, like the last puzzle where I was trying to move, use cranks Set to pieces. move scenery in and out of a yeah. stage while a creepy marionette was coming up to kill Heathen Dog. Yeah, yeah. This this was the one where where uh, where uh, the, the, the librarian was the one that was in danger. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only one. We switched just so he could be in danger again. It was great. Yeah. Uh, how many? I, I I got caught by the darkness. I froze to death on one, and then I figured, all right, I'm the librarian. I'm gonna be safe. And then I I I'm on the one puzzle, the last puzzle, where the librarian's <laughs> the one in danger by by this creepy animatronic marionette that strangles you to death. Great. Yeah. What also Thanks. sucked about that was when we switched, it went from. Basically, it was always like me saying, okay, this is how you do it. Till me, till that one, I had to go, oh, crap, what do I do? Again. Because that's like the one puzzle where kind of the roles kind of switch. We didn't know. But if we were switching right when the role switched, so we were both kind of doing the same role anyway. It's so. true, yeah. But um, I recommend it. Uh, if you were going to give it a, a star rating, what would you give it? Uh, three and a half. Uh, I give it three and a half just because uh, I, I like the idea where you have to play with a friend and you have to have mics and you have to, you know, this is how it's done. Yeah, I, and, I really enjoyed that know, back and forth we had yes, to do. Yes, they, 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 they really stuck to it. They, they didn't give you, oh, well, we'll give a single player option or no, no, no you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll give a full duplex option. You don't have to have a mic. Or, oh, no, we'll mic. give you more hints. No, screw it. No, hints. nothing like that. There's there's no hints. You I don't mean, really need them. It's not, the no, puzzles aren't they're, they're that not super hard. Bad, I hate puzzle games, and these aren't super bad puzzles. Right. This isn't I mean, missed, uh, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. It's not bad. I mean, you, it, it's it's two hours, two and a half tops of, you know, puzzle solving with your with with a friend of yours. That's yeah. it. Uh, so like I said, we recommend it. I, I'd agree with three and a half, especially if it's it's free, for God's sake. Yeah, it's definitely on. worth your time. Uh, so we recommend We Were Here. Uh, well, we're going to be looking for We Were Here 2 when that gets released, and yep. we might let you know how that is. But that's Hopefully all we'll we got that one. I'll be okay. in the RNG. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm, I'm sold. That's good. 
All right, excellent work. Let's get that star out of there. All right, thank you, everyone. Appreciate you watching. As always, you could like or subscribe or comment through through Twitch. We appreciate everyone, all the chatter today in the Twitch channel. As always, you could join us every single Saturday at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. Uh, you can check out the recorded versions of all of our past live streams on youtube.com slash c slash legion of myth. You can also check out our Reddit page, which is moderated by the Heathen Dog. Join our Facebook group and talk with us there. You can chat with us at Twitter, uh, at Legion of Myth. Um, I know that our buddies at Duncan Idaho certainly does that, and the Foundry Roundtable. We enjoy that a lot. Uh, get through our Discord channel through Facebook Messenger or join our Steam group at steampunity.com slash group slash Legion of Myth. You can check out the games that every member of the Legion Myth has if you wanted to. Don't judge us too harshly, please. And you can get the audio version of this through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music. As always, you can support us through a Twitch streaming subscription at twitch.tv slash legionofmyth, which, you know, we'd appreciate. Uh, you can also do a Patreon su subscription at patreon.com slash legionofmyth. A Streamlabs donation, twitch.streams.com slash legionofmyth through a direct-through PayPal, or get our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com. I recommend the gear because everybody gets something when you buy a shirt. That is true, and you will look at least 30% smarter. Just fabulous. Fabulous. That's right. I mean, have you ever wanted to look fabulous without feeling too fabulous, if you know what I mean? This is the exact amount of fabulous you need. I agree. And always, I, I, I always tell, remind myself I even wrote a note and I didn't listen to it. Uh, you can check out Max Leah at Norriokus, other members of Legion of Myth streaming. Uh, Max reads Tuesdays and Fridays at 1900 Central European time. Currently going through Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. And you can awesome. check out his YouTube recordings of that. I've been watching them. It's been entertaining. He's gotten way further than I ever did. Yeah. Uh, and Norriokus streams Wednesdays at 1900 Central European. Final Fantasy XIV, possibly, or World of Tanks. Yeah, the, the, the Final Fantasy XIV that has some trouble getting her activated in Germany. So, yeah, that's not resolved yet, so we'll find out what's yep. wrong with that. Special thanks to our top subscribers. Hicks206, the Daisy developer. Red Specs Gaming. Lots of fun. Check out Red Specs Gaming on Twitch. Uh, through Patreon, Hicks206. Sheriff Elgarian for Roleplays the Avatar. Shout out the Avatar. Uh, through Streamlabs, Baldahar. Erwin Rommel, the Cool's Harem. Magical Catgirl Fanboy. Special Farrell, the Level 99 Catgirl Armor Lover. And Heathen Dog, through PayPal Allen51. Thank you very, very much. As always, everyone, remember, you have one life. Live it well, and have a great Darnell Anomaly.